Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So welcome into the PHNX Rising podcast, special episode of the PHNX Rising podcast. I'm Owen Evans. As we know, last week, Phoenix announced as one of the first USL Super League teams. And to mark that, we're joined today by USL Super League president Amanda Vanderbilt. Amanda, welcome back on the podcast. Oh, I love it. I love the pod. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. It's your second appearance. At yeah. this rate, we're going to have to get you into the studio at some point. Listen, absolutely. We're going to have to negotiate a CBA pretty quickly here, you and me. <laughs> well, let's kick things off. Obviously, the last time we spoke back in July, the mid-year meetings, yep. things were quite different back then with this league. It was going to be a Division Two league. Some of the teams that have been announced, Phoenix among them, seemed quite skeptical about whether they were actually going to sign up. Now that they have, what's changed over that, what, 10 months? Listen, today, where we are, where we announced last week, we announced eight of our initial markets, plus five that'll be coming on in subsequent years. So in 2024, August of 2024, we'll be launching with 10 to 12 teams in the USL Super League. And we're pumped that Phoenix Rising um, and and this entire amazing city of, of Phoenix will be represented in that group. Looking at Phoenix then, what is it about Phoenix in particular you think makes it a, a good candidate to help kick off this league? Oh, listen, the fans here are amazing. You've seen it here at this new stadium, um, Phoenix Rising, in, uh, you know, in this great location. The fans have been packing it in. Um, so, And it's a sports town. You've got great, great sports here, a great community around that. Um, and even more so, you dig another layer deeper. Soccer here is really in the it's, – it's really the – in the heartbeat of, of the people in, in Phoenix, the little girls, the little boys that play all the way up through the college game and, and onward. And I think Phoenix is just a, a dynamite market for us with the Super League. Well, we look then a little bit further south of here, of course. It's a city that you're going to be familiar with, not one that most people necessarily point to as a Division One kind of city in Tucson. What is it that has drawn you guys to Tucson as well. Yeah, what a great opportunity to have a rivalry between Phoenix and Tucson. Yeah, sure, I know growing up in Tucson, you know, we always looked to Phoenix and, you know, I may have beaten some Phoenix teams back in my day playing high school soccer, but uh, my family's here in, in Scottsdale too. And I know that Southern Arizona is just a rich and, and right place for, for soccer and the opportunity for all those little girls regardless of whether they're in Phoenix and whether in Tucson, to have the opportunity to look up and say, yeah, one day I can be a professional athlete is something really special. And I'm incredibly proud to be bringing that to, to Southern Arizona. And obviously with you growing up here in Arizona, what do you think it would have meant to you to have been able to, to see that in your home state? Yeah, I mean, I never thought I would be in this position, right, as the president of a, of a professional soccer league. And you know why? Because it didn't exist. 
But now all those, you know, all those young women can aspire to be professionals of leagues. They can aspire to be in the media, to be front in the front office, do sponsorship, do marketing and in professional sport, in professional women's sport which just hasn't been an opportunity for so many people, and of course the players. And then when you look at what we spoke about, what happened over the last few months, the decision to go with Division One rather than Division Two. what was the thinking behind that from you guys? Yeah, well, we want to hold ourselves to the highest standards in American soccer, and as we went through what the, the Pro League standards are and, and what our commitment was already to the Super League, we hit all those marks. And so, quite frankly, in, in conversations with our ownership groups and at the league office, it was not a difficult decision for us to make because we're, we're, we're absolutely committed to those standards and excited to deliver um, for the fans and for the players in all these communities. At the same time, you're going to look out, obviously, to the, the general populace. They don't understand what U.S. Soccer's PLS are. They don't understand any of those things. How are you going to sell them that with an existing Division One league already out there, you guys are also a Division One league in practice, not just on paper? Yeah, listen, there's, there's 12 professional teams in this country right now for women. There's over 100 men's professional teams. There's an opportunity gap that we're excited to, to fill. And this, this or, uh, Phoenix is uh, like what an incredible market to have professional women's soccer here. So do you think as a league you're going to be competitive then with the NWSL obviously that already is out there? Well, listen, we're focused on we're focused on what we're building. Um, and that's things like and we're, we're focused on the things that make us unique and special. So uh, you guys know our, our youth to pro pathway um, from the youth all the way through um, the our academy, through the W League and into the Super League. That pathway is something that uh, we're really focused on the development of players and matching matching players with opportunity, matching talent with opportunity at every step of their journey. Um, and then we're also playing on the international match calendar. So we'll run from August through till June with a summer and a winter break. And that allows national team players to play their, their for their country in the summers, um, the Olympics, the Women's World Cup. They can feature in those matches without sacrificing their club games as well. And to us, that's a really big deal. So do you think that'll make you perhaps competitive for certain international players, be they U.S. internationals, internationals from other countries. Yeah, sure. We we know that. Listen, we we deliver some of the, the best standards in the world here in the United States and in the USL. And with the Super League, we uh, we're aiming high. So certainly, we we look forward to not only American players uh, who are here, Americans who've gone abroad who want to come home, and international players who uh, who see themselves playing here in the United States. Absolutely. One thing that a lot of people keep pointing to, especially you mentioned the calendar. Mm -hmm. How are you going to deal with certain northern cities when you are looking at a winter schedule? Yeah, it's. I mean, listen, it'll be great when we're uh, in those in those colder months and teams can come here, right to Phoenix. So we're navigating. We're in a really fortunate position that um, we have control of both the men's and the women's schedule in the USL. And so we believe that we can navigate those schedule challenges really easily. We of note, we are going to have a, a significant winter break. So you actually won't see play in those difficult months, um, you know, up in up in those northern climates as much as um, maybe some some skeptics <laughs> have brought forward. And, and that's OK. Like we, we need to have those conversations. And I'm excited to, to you know, get our scheduling process underway. We've created a number of models and uh, we're really confident that we'll be able to deliver a great experience for the fans no matter what city they're in. Well, looking at that inaugural season, you mentioned it's going to be 10 to 12 teams in that first year. How soon are we going to know the identity then of these other teams? Yeah, they'll be coming in the coming weeks and months. 
Uh, it's really important to us that we deliver that information properly. We have ourselves, we're, we're all buttoned up when we do celebrate and announce those markets. So yeah, in the next couple months. Okay, and one thing, we'll jump back a bit to when the league was first announced, right? When USL came out a few years back now yeah. and said USL Super League, it's going to be a thing. There was all the talk at that time of this was going to be a league that they were looking to make things on par with, you know, the conditions in the championship and things around pay and all that. Is that that's still a goal at the moment? Yeah, well, I mean, we're assessing everything right now. I think it's our goal is to be a global leader in women's football. And, and, and I think identifying what goes into that and what that's going to look like is a conversation we have with our owners, it's a conversation we have with our players, and it's a conversation we have with our fans and bringing all those stakeholders to the table to really understand um, you know, what it is that we need to deliver through the Super League is something we're excited to engage in over the next 15 months as we, as we you know, push towards the launch of the league. You mentioned earlier the, the pathway, yeah. obviously going from the academy up to the W League, then to Super League. How are you seeing then the interactions in your mind between the W League and the Super League going forward? Could it be short term or even long term? Yeah, we've been really fortunate with the W League. We launched last year with 65 teams, all east of the Mississippi, bar one or two. And now we've expanded to a full coast-to-coast -coast footprint with our Northern California division, Pacific Northwest. And you'll see more divisions on the west, you know, the west side of this country coming in the next in the next cycle. So um, we're really proud of, of what we've delivered in the W League and we're seeing top national team, youth national team, top collegiate players participating in that league. So for our Super League, it offers a scouting opportunity. It's a, a way for our clubs to see players in, a, in an environment that is different than their college environment um, and, uh, and elevate the profile of a lot of those players who we've seen go pro from the W League already. We had a a number of players going pro out of out of last year's cycle and we'll we expect to see the same this year too so we've seen obviously the energy in in some cities even in the w league yeah. with oakland with detroit how much are you hoping to see those teams obviously oakland have been named as one that are going to long run find their way into the super league how much are you looking forward to those teams that are already working to build those fan bases coming up to the top oh division? it's amazing it's amazing our clubs in the w league i'm so proud of them and i'm so excited um, you named Oakland, like what a what a cool club that really lives their values. They really, um, you know, they're they're so inclusive and deliberate in everything that they're doing for and by the city of Oakland. And I'm ex I'm ecstatic to see them elevate into the Super League. And you know, I, you can speak that of so many of our clubs across the W League. It's just it's been it's been really really special to see that league develop and. Those connections, whether it's through player recruiting, player scouting, player um, development opportunities, or like in the case of Oakland, you know they bring in a Super League into their into their mix. I think um, the model will depend on each club and how they want to approach it. Um, but we're we're happy and excited to facilitate and support again matching talent with opportunity at every path of a player's journey. So we know at the moment, obviously, not sure what the broadcast side is going to look like. Are you expecting that to be kind of coupled with? the men's side with USL or is it going to be something standalone maybe? Yeah, it's a great question. We're working through all those details now and uh, yeah, we'll announce those at a later time. <laughs> Any idea how much later? <laughs> well, um, not. Well, I, it's something we're going to announce at a later time. <laughs> you can imagine those conversations are ongoing and, and they're important that we get it right. So I'd, I would rather take the time to do it right, have the conversations that need to be had so that when we do deliver, again, we're delivering for the players, for the fans, um, in a way that, that um, you know, is well done. Well, mentioning for the players there, one thing I think that 
has unfortunately plagued women's football in recent years, especially here in the US, but also around the world, obviously. You look at the NWSL, it's been rocked by scandal time and time again in the past couple of years. Launching a brand new league now, what concrete steps are you guys putting in place to make sure that the Super League doesn't go down that same kind of path? Well, I think the first thing we're doing is learning and listening and talking to the players about what they, what they need as players in this league. You know, my experience before I came here was the Chief Women's Football Officer at FIFPRO, so a lot of the work that I did in the global game was around player conditions and standards and, and what they're looking for in the game. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, at the league office, we've taken a lot of concrete steps. We've brought in a head of safeguarding. We've built out an entire department around that. We've put a lot of investment and resources into securing, not just for our women, by the way, but for the men, too, to really facilitate and ensure that, that, that their environment is, um, is a positive one. And then, yeah, then we build from there. There's a, certainly a lot of work for all of us in this game to do, and I think that's the important point is we're all being really collaborative and learning and making sure that we're delivering the best environment for everyone. And with that in mind, collaborative, have you guys actually spoken to anybody at NWSL? Is there any collaboration on that side at all? Yeah, listen, I would I would love to have a US Open Cup for the women. Wouldn't that be what a great what a great competition, what a great moment, what a great reason to bring US Open Cup to the women's side of the game and uh, that's something that, that we're certainly um, happy to champion and happy to figure out how we can make that happen and, and you know, elevate, elevate the game across all of women's soccer. Is that something that you think U.S. soccer at the moment is on board with trying to organize? I, I mean, I can't speak for U.S. soccer, but I hope so, and I'm excited about some of the conversations that we've had. But, um, you know, I think it's, it, that's for U.S. soccer, but it's certainly for me to champion. Then looking beyond that though, as a Division 1 league, of course, there's all the talk about CONCACAF starting a new Women's Champions League. Are you expecting to see Super League teams qualifying for that yeah, tournament? Yeah, absolutely. That's our, that's our hope. I mean, we need to... Uh, there's still a lot of conversations from CONCACAF about what the tournament looks like, what participation looks like, qualification, all that stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, our, our, our plans are to talk with CONCACAF and be involved in those conversations. but. Again, I think they still have some planning to do, and, and we're happy to stand alongside them and, and plan along with them. Well, you mentioned your background, of course, with FIFA Pro before. Yeah. We know that on the men's side, USLPA has now agreed collective bargaining agreements in the Championship League One. Are you expecting to be working with, with them or another union now with the start of a new league? Yeah, I, I wouldn't speak on behalf of the players. I think it's up to the players to decide how they organize, but we're certainly looking forward to working with them, however that comes to life. Okay. And then, you know, now we are, ooh, how many months away is 15. it? Fifteen. Fifteen. I can tell that you're counting. <laughs> to the minute. <laughs> There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest thing you're going to have to achieve between now and kickoff? Oh, I mean, woof, the biggest thing we, we listen, we have a journey ahead of us, don't we? We've got we've got to develop brands in each of our markets. Our clubs need to build their their staff out. They've got to hire coaches and a technical staff and, and start scouting players. I mean, every step is as big as the one before it and as big as the one to come. And it's important that we get it right. And how are you going to deal with the inevitable complaints from Phoenix fans that you are favoring Tucson, I'm sure? Oh, I love I love the fans. I'm here for the fans. I'm here for the banter. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan myself. You see me, I get in the stadium, I bounce around like a kid. I'm like a, like a jelly bean in here. I can't keep my feet on the ground. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to meet the fans. I'm excited to hear from them what's important. And, uh, and use that to help drive our, our business decisions. I'd imagine it's going to be a busy few months to you now 
now we've got some cities announced, jetting around and visiting them all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're here in, in Phoenix. We, were, we announced um, our team in Tampa Bay last week, which is exciting. Um, here in Phoenix, and then yeah, next week we're at the um, the UEFA Women's Champions League final. So it's a group of us going out to Eindhoven to to see that game and really experience you know women's professional football in Europe at the highest level. And I think that's a great opportunity for us to see really what is happening in in the world of women's football. So as we aspire to be a global leader in the game, we can listen, learn, and 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 you know heed the advice of our contemporaries. Okay. Well, Amanda. I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, cool. I always love coming the, on. Thanks. The short remaining sunshine here. <laughs> yeah, it's um, nice. It's lovely here. What a beautiful day. What yeah, a beautiful well, day. Well, make sure to tune in for those of you who aren't familiar. Myself and Max will be breaking down, I'm sure, this interview. Uh, several other things, including Rising's Match against Las Vegas Lights on Tuesday at 6 p.m. You can find us on YouTube at PHNX Sports and via your favorite podcast platforms. Until then, goodbye. Bye.